for just a second. I've got two announcements, and I would hate to have you stand it too long. First announcement is this coming Saturday here at the church at 1130 a.m. back in the gym, we are having a girl, a Strat Girl Talk. All the ladies, the entire church, every lady that's in the church is invited this coming Saturday to a thing that's called Strat Girl Talk, and they're going to be discussing the Proverbs 31 woman. It is a free event, and it is the day before Mother's Day. We're encouraging everybody to bring your moms, bring your daughters, and it's going to be a wonderful time of fellowship, and you want to check that out this coming Saturday. Also, we want to tell you about our growth track class that's starting this Wednesday at 7 o'clock. pastor will be teaching it, and it's a class uh, dedicated to new membership and to everybody that wants to know more about your church, the Church of God, the pastor's vision for our church, and we even get into your gifts and your talents and, and how you can be a part of this local body. So if you're interested in that want to be a part of that, that is going to be starting this Wednesday at 7 o'clock back in the gym in room 512. Also coming up in just a few weeks, we are going into revival. We're going to have a full weekend of services from the 18th to the 21st of May. We're going to have uh, Brother Lane Sargent, our former pastor, will be here with us. And it is going to be an action-packed week, and it's just going to be a great time. With that being said, you can get back up. 
Maybe I had you sit down too quick. I don't know. But you can get back up. We are going to welcome each other tonight. Especially, we want to say that you are a special guest. If you're here tonight for the first time or the second time, we just really appreciate you being here. And we're going to have a great time. So let's get out. Let's shake some hands, hug some necks, and welcome people to church.
You are 
share a couple scriptures with you that I know that there is things that you've carried in here tonight or things that you may be going through. In Isaiah 59.1, it says, his arm is not shortened that it cannot save, deliver, or heal. We serve a mighty God who is on the throne tonight, and no matter what you're going through, God is able to intervene. When you think that you've lost all hope, or you think that what you're going through, that you cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel, God will move in his due time. His timing is perfect. Even when we may think that he's delayed or he's not coming or he's not faithful, he says, I'm always faithful. He's faithful to the end. And if you have a need tonight, I would ask the pastors to come forth. Just lay here at the altar. God is able. He's a mighty God. He will perfect that which concerns you. He loves you so much with an intimate love, and he wants you to bring that up here tonight.
Jesus. Oh, Lord, I pray that you just touch every heart tonight, Lord. You open every heart and every ear, Jesus. We may fail, God, but you never fail, Lord. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Our God reigns forever. Your kingdom reigns. Oh, you reign tonight. Our God reigns. You
Let's lift our hands and worship him in this house tonight. Because he reigns, we can boldly go to him in confidence and know that he will take care of our every need. Hallelujah. Lord, we lift up needs to you tonight. Lord, there may be many unspoken needs here. Lord, and we lift these up to you tonight. Lord, and we thank you because we know that we can boldly come before you. Lord, in confidence, in confidence knowing that you're going to deliver us, Father. Lord, we lift up the Williams family. Lord, Pam's grieving for the loss of her father. Lord, we ask that you would touch her, that you would touch that family, that you would minister to them. Lord, that you would take care of them in this time of need. Lord, we lift up the Birchwell family to you. That's what you administer to them as well, Lord. And we lift up all the other unspoken needs here tonight. Lord, marriages that need mending, Father. Financial situations. Lord, physical needs that need to be touched, Lord. Ask that you would touch them and heal them tonight. Lord, that you administer to your people as we come to you in boldness. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we give these needs to you tonight. And we honor you. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give him a hand clap of tonight. Praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated tonight. There's been an ongoing, seems, theme of boldness that's ministered to my life this week. And it started last Sunday when Cameron prayed for the offering and he mentioned how the angel had rolled away the, to, the, the uh, stone from the tomb of Jesus and how he had sat on that stone as if to say, was there ever any doubt? And pastor talked about us being able to go boldly to the Lord with our needs this morning. And I was able to experience this this last week that a close friend of mine, son was in a horrible accident had a four-wheeler that crashed with a, another vehicle, and they had to life flight him to the hospital. His skull was fractured in four different places, and they said that spinal fluid and blood was coming out of his ears. He had broken bones all through his body, couldn't breathe on his own. He was connected to just about every machine you could think of in that place. And I didn't know what to say. He'd asked me to come and pray on Monday. So I went, but I remembered what, Brent, what Cameron had said about how that angel had sat on a stone. I felt a confidence, a boldness. We walked in to the room. Mother was broken and crying. Father was broken, didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say, other than to say, let's go and let's pray. Grabbed him by his hand and we went over and he laid his hands on his son. I just said, you know, we, can believe in Jesus. We can believe that he's going to do something with your son. He's going to raise him up. He's going to heal him. He's going to do a miracle in your family. And I said, you can confidently go before him with your needs. You can pray for him right now. He looked at me and he said, I don't have a relationship with him. So I don't even know if he'll listen to me. I said, oh, he's listening to you. He's listening to you right now. He sees your tears and he sees your wife's tears. And so we prayed and we lifted him up. Then he walked out with me to greet another 15 people that was out in the waiting room. We hadn't been there for five minutes before his wife came running out screaming that he had woke up and that he would he had recognized everyone in the room. We just lifted our hands up and praised the Lord. 
we can confidently go before him. He's got everything under control. Jesus tell us, tells us not to worry about tomorrow. All we need to do is be faithful and keep focusing on him. Peter was able to walk on water, was able to do the impossible when he was focused on Jesus. It was when he took his eyes off of Jesus and started to focus on the waters around him, he sunk. As long as we stay focused on the mark, we're going to get through whatever happens in our lives. Amen? Ushers are coming forward right now as we continue in our worship tonight. It's been an awesome day. We've had a tremendous move of God today. He's tremendously been here. And he's here now. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the ministry that's gone on. Lord, all day today, starting from the early morning service, Lord, you showed up early. Lord, you've been ministering to us and you've been talking to us and you've been loving us all day. Lord, we thank you because we know that we've confidently come before you tonight and we've lifted up needs in this house. Lord, we're going to leave tonight knowing that you've got all those needs under control. Lord, that you're going to take care of each and every person tonight that's opened their heart, that they've poured out their heart to you. Lord, we thank you for this. Lord, because we know that you reign and you're sitting on the throne tonight. Lord, we give to you tonight out of the love that we have for you. Lord, ask that this offering would meet and exceed the needs of your church. Lord, as we endeavor to reach the lost in these last days. Lord, and as we continue to worship tonight, Lord, we ask that your spirit would be all over this place. Lord, that you would fill this sanctuary. Lord, and that we would be able to leave with your spirit, Lord, tonight in your presence so we can touch people during this week. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Nail pierced hands well. 
You are the 
us tonight. Would you stand with me? Would you lift up your hands to him tonight in complete surrender? Lord, we surrender everything to you. Lord, we give you every part of who we are, everything, God. In the name of Jesus, have your way in our hearts, have your way in our lives. Have your way in this service tonight, Lord, as we give ourselves to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We thank you, Lord. We honor your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. You know what? The, it's been well over, we're working on two months now, that the Lord has absolutely been just turning this church. It's almost as if he has taken us and turned the, opened the roof up and turned the church upside down. He is shaking. The Bible says when he shakes, only those things that are solid, only those things that are powerful and real and are of him will stand. I want him to shake me, don't you? I want him to shake us. I want him to keep shaking us. But that also means only one other thing. When God begins to shake us and the real and the authentic in our life begins to come forward, let me clue you in on something. How many of you know the devil wants to destroy that? He wants to steal that. He wants to kill the faith inside you. He wants to attack and he wants to accuse. But how many of you know we have already overcome? We have already overcome. I have already overcome. And so when he comes in like a flood, I said when he comes in sometimes like a flood, God lifts up a standard against him, against him. I'm praying against him tonight. I'm praying for him. I, I, not for him. I'm praying for you and I. He's already beyond hope. Don't say no prayers for the devil. That's why you're not supposed to listen to him tonight. He's a reprobate. He is absolutely, he has no hope. There is no repentance in him. He has absolutely no opportunity. He doesn't speak truth. The Bible says there is no truth in him. So stop listening to him. You ever seen that bully on the playground? Just does nothing but lie all the time. You've seen that kid. You said, man, you can't trust a word they say. They're always lying. I knew a guy wouldn't dare call his name because we're in TV land out there. He might be watching tonight, so I ain't going to call his name. But I was in elementary school and junior high, and I remember this guy. I mean, he would lie for no reason. You'd ask him, what color is the sky? And he'd say red because he couldn't tell you it was blue. He, the truth wasn't in him. He was a, just a liar. Everybody knew it. And nobody trusted him. Nobody told him anything, ever. Won't you stop telling the devil anything? Won't you stop telling him about you and about your family and about what's going on? Why don't you stop letting him, that bully, why don't you quit letting him lie to you? Why don't you rebuke him in the name of Jesus? Stand up in the power of the blood that we're singing about and let God begin to stir up joy unspeakable and full of glory in you. Amen? 
I said amen. amen. Remember, amens get me to preach shorter than normal. God bless you. I want to pray before we even open the word. I want to pray for your lost loved ones. I have a mother tonight laid a picture down on the altar. Not only did her and I anoint it and agree with it and pray before service, but we're praying for this boy right here. I want to know who else am I praying for? I mean, I need a, a lost loved one. I mean, a son, a daughter, a husband, a wife. If they're, if they're lost, lift up your hand. Not to me, but to God. Say, God, you know their name. You know who they are. Right now, I want you to help me. We're going to pray a very specific prayer. I want this prayer. I want us to rebuke the enemy over their lives, their mind and their heart. I want us to rebuke him send him off running out of this place we're going to resist him in prayer right now would you do that would you cry out and don't cry out a little don't be silent if you're brave and bold enough let's get in the bully's face and tell him he has to go tonight will you help me lord we come before you we rebuke the enemy in the lives of our lust loved ones i pray over every son i pray over every daughter i lift them up god drugs will not have them parties will not have them Lord, we call out their names and we call, ask you, Lord, to bring salvation to their mind. Touch them in the name of Jesus. Let them be free tonight. Let them be absolutely liberated in the blood of Jesus. Let them feel and sense your love. Arrest their hearts and touch them. I pray for that husband. I pray for that wife, Lord, that's out there wayward in need to find their way home. I pray in the name of Jesus, touch them in the name of the Lord. I rebuke the liar. I rebuke the enemy. I rebuke the one who set the trap for them in Jesus' name. I pray, God, you'd set them free tonight. We honor you. We bless you. We thank you. And we claim them saved. We claim them in the faith. We claim them by the blood and the overcoming power of Jesus Christ. In your name tonight. In your name tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Put your hands together and give the Lord praise now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You do realize that we just did spiritual warfare, don't you? How many of you have faith in here tonight? Faith to believe God. Then what we believe and what we know is that something was accomplished and done in the spirit. How many believe it? Say amen. Something was done. I don't know where... The armies of God had to go. They might have had to run across town to Middletown. They might have had to go down to Florida. They might have had to shoot over into another country. It doesn't matter. God's armies have been dispatched from this. Oh, oh, hallelujah. God's armies have been dispatched from this place. Hallelujah. He's commissioned us. He has called us to get things done in the Spirit. Say amen. I said he's commissioned us to get things done in the Spirit. Your daughter, your son, your husband, your wife. I believe wherever they're at right this second, they just felt like, ooh, what was that? Did you feel that? 
Woo. Hallelujah. Did you feel that? that old song say glory 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 somebody touched me must have been the hand of the Lord God has touched them right where they are God's touched you right where you are how many of you claim this tonight with me you came in one way you're gonna leave another way you came in defeated but you're gonna go out joy in the Lord and in the Holy Ghost you came in perplexed and broken down, but you're going to walk out with a joy in your step and peace in your hearts. Hallelujah. Wow. Well, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You know, if you don't believe it, if you don't believe it, you don't believe the presence of the Lord and the Holy Ghost is in here to do marvelous things in this house, you don't believe it, let me put you to the test right here. Jesus came walking across the water in the midst of the storm. Jesus came walking across the water. The disciples were scared to death. Surely we'll perish in this storm. Surely you will perish in this trial. Surely you'll never make it out of this affliction. But Jesus came walking into this sanctuary tonight and you stand there and you're afraid to believe it. You're afraid to grab hold. You're afraid to embrace it. The Spirit of the Lord is moving and hovering over this sanctuary, and you're afraid? Dare I trust this? Dare I reach out? Dare I claim this? Dare I step out in faith on this? Peter was the only one brave enough. Caleb looked out, and he said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come to you on the water. And all Jesus said was, come, come. And when he stepped out of that boat, he did the impossible. How many of you are ready for the impossible in your life tonight? Ready for the impossible to happen? God didn't just teach him the backstroke. God didn't just teach him how to swing doggy style. He didn't just teach him how to do a relay. He said, come, like I am, walking on the water, the impossible. God wants you to walk over the waters of your trouble and your storm in a miraculous and impossible way in your flesh. If you believe that tonight, say amen. 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 While you're standing, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. You've already worn me out. 
as Brian mentioned earlier, and I want to reiterate, we're praying for several different families. We need to pray for Pam. Pam Williams is here. She is praising God. And her hands are up in the air tonight, but her heart is broken for her daddy who passed away this week. And I want us to remember Pam and David in prayer. We'll be leaving and going to Kentucky first thing in the morning to, to complete services for her father. I walked in the other day to see a little girl. Uh, she may not be, you know, a teenager anymore, David, although in your eyes she probably is. But I walked in to see a lady brokenhearted over her daddy. And she broke my heart. And I want us to pray for Pam. But where else would she be but in the house of God tonight? So thankful for that faith in her, praying for her and also for the Birchwell family, as Brian mentioned, and the loss of Sandra's father last week. We want to pray for them and continue to pray for them. That God will comfort those who weep and those who mourn. The Bible says he's got a garment of praise for them to replace that old spirit of heaviness and give them peace. And we're praying that God do that for them. They've been through a great loss. We're also praying for Sister Helen Bryant. We'll pray for her in just a moment as we pray over the word. Her husband just called in right before service, and she has been taken to the hospital. So we want to remember Sister Bryant and that God will touch her and minister to her need tonight. So we'll do that after we read from 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8. Tonight, tried to preach this last Sunday night, and the Holy Ghost decided he wanted to preach and take that service, and he is welcome anytime. I wasn't going to preach it until the Lord instructed me about midweek. He said, no, you're going to preach it this Sunday night because this is the night that it was really supposed to be preached. So you're here tonight, and you're not here by accident. I believe that God has got a message for you tonight in lessons from affliction. Let's begin and read in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8. Paul writing this says, these words, for we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble. We do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure. I know it's New King James Version, but think about what it's really saying there. We were burdened be beyond the ability to be able to measure it. It was overwhelming. Above strength. We had no strength. So that we even despaired of life. We thought we were going to die. It was so hard. So troublesome. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. That means he, they had it in their own mind. They thought, it's over. It's over. It's done. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. This is Paul now, the apostle. That we should not trust in ourselves. How many of you know that's the wrong thing to do? But in God, who raises the dead, who can raise up an impossible situation, can make something out of nothing, who delivered us from so great a death 
and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Oh, I need to read that again because you didn't hear me. Paul says, who delivered us from so great a death, Whew. and does deliver us, hallelujah, and whom we trust he will still deliver us in the future. Hallelujah. Praise God. You also, he said, helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Father, we ask you to bless your word. Pray, Lord, you'll anoint our time in the word tonight. I pray that you will bless me to step out of the picture, that your voice will be heard, your message for tonight will touch the hearts of your people. I'd go into situations, I'd go in to personal traumas and tragedies in this church. I'd go in and I'd do my best to fix it if I could, but I can't. Lord, you know my heart. I would. I would fix every hurt heart, but I cannot. But oh, you can. You can, Lord. And so we trust in you. And we'll look to, Lord, your strength and we'll look to you, your heart. And God, we'll lean hard upon you. And we'll learn, Lord, the lessons from our afflictions that we might be drawn closer to you and that we might, Lord, shine as stars in this light, lifting up your holy name as a bright example and testimony to others who you will use to be blessed, both a blessing and blessed by our testimony of victory. And Lord, we pray for Sister Bryant. We lift her up to you and ask your blessings to be with her. Touch her now. Give her a healing touch tonight in the service. We pray for her and ask your work to be accomplished and done through the broken hearts of those who've lost loved ones. Be with them, God, this week and through the difficult days that lie ahead. You are the rock of ages. And we lean upon you in Jesus, your name. Amen. You may be seated. Have you ever had one of those days when nothing seemed to go your way? You were experiencing, it seems like, one problem after another. I've literally done that, and I am the king of walking in. And I, I've said many times to my family, I, I've said to the office at times, if one more thing goes wrong, you know, I've been there. I know what it's like to feel like you're having one of those days. We've all experienced that. I've had it in my own life. There have been times I've thought, there can't nothing else be. I even said it the other day. I didn't even realize that until just now. The Lord just checked my own spirit that I looked at my sister just the other day and I said, I don't believe I'm going to hear one good thing the rest of this day. Isn't that terrible? I just now had to repent, Sister Mary, in Jesus' name. Forgive me, Lord. He just checked me. But I've been there. I've been there. When you don't feel like one good thing is coming your way. But I'm telling you, tonight we're going to learn from our afflictions. We're going to look at them. You know, this same kind of experience is much like a story of a, a, a recruit that was making his first parachute jump. His sergeant reminded him, he said, count to 10 and then pull the, pull the first ripcord. And if that tangles up or messes up, pull the second auxiliary cord. 
And then after you land, our truck will be there to pick you up, to take you back to the base. Well, the paratrooper got out, got next to the edge of the plane door, and he's standing there, and he jumps out, and he counts to 10. He pulls the first rip cord, Elaine, and nothing happens, tangles up. He says, never fear, cord number two. He pulls cord number two, and it jerks and pulls, and nothing's happening. And here he is, free-falling to the earth, and he says, oh, well, without a doubt, I bet you anything, that truck's not going to be there when I get down there to take me back to base neither. <laughs> Ever had one of those days? Seems like everything's going wrong. But here's the thing. In the afflictions and the problems and concerns of your life, the question really is, what are we learning from them? When I, when I started really thinking about this and reading this, you know, it's easy for a preacher, you know, a pastor, I'm supposed to encourage you and, and we should encourage one another as Christians and we pour into one another and we build confidence in one another and we pat each other on the back and, and, and many times, you know, those hard questions will be asked and we just, we look for scriptures or we look for anything to, to look at the, the positive side of it and to give you the full glass instead of the half glass empty kind of mentality. We do that for one another, don't we? We look for every good thing we can possibly say. But you know the real question it, we ought to ask about our afflictions is what is it, God, that you want me to see in this? What do you want me to learn from this? And tonight when I entitled this message, Lessons from Afflictions, I've had to learn a few things in my own life. I've had to take, you know, the issues and concerns and afflictions of my own heart and life. And I've had to say, God, I want to learn from these things. I don't want to just hide behind them. I don't want to just stay in some kind of ignorant place where I'm not aware of what's going on. There are four things I want to get to in the time that I got tonight to show you four lessons that we can learn from afflictions. First thing I, we need to understand is that we have got to stay focused on the fact that we need God's strength. One of the hardest issues and concerns I see as a pastor in the church is people that work very diligent and hard to try to fix things on, them, on their own. They try to take care of it. They try to figure it out. They try to think it through. They try to talk it out. They try their best to just do everything they can to fix it. Let me clue you in on something. You can't fix it. You can't fix you. You can't fix them. And you're not, there's no way the power is ever going to be in you to do that. We need God's strength. That's the first thing we learned. What did Paul say? Paul said, for we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble. He said, I don't want you to not, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be unaware. I don't want you to not be smart about our troubles that we've had to face. It says, when we, our troubles which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure and we were above strength. Another version says, we were beyond strength. We didn't have the ability. God wants you and I to understand something. He never intended for you to fix it. He never intended for you to be the Savior. Jesus is not in your job description. He has not enabled you to get through it. God has all power, all sufficiency, all unrestricted power is His. Say amen. We need to understand that because half of our trouble is that we sometimes get caught up in the same situation over and over and over again because we don't learn from our affliction. We don't learn that we cannot fix it. We 
can't figure it out on our own. We've got to learn. I've seen people that literally go through the same problem over and over and over again because they never stopped long enough, Albert, to learn why they went through it in the first place. God will not just push you through. We've heard things about people say, well, you know, I, I've, I work on the MIP and the CAMS board for Ohio, and sometimes a young minister will come through, and he's, you know, he talks about how much he knows, and he's read this backwards and forwards, and he don't really need all that testing stuff, and he'll say, hey, man, can't I be grandfathered in? And I look at him and say, no. Study to show thyself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. We say, no, you can't be grandfathered in. No, we're not going to let you just slip by. We're going to make you study it and prove yourself. And I'm telling you, God is the same way. God doesn't want to push us through and grandfather us through our troubles and trials. He wants us to learn from them so that when we step on gold, we know that we have been truly sanctified, justified, regenerated, and we have been filled with the Holy Ghost. He wants us to have the strength when we walk in there to know that we got there overcoming and conquering the world in every way. There's not going to be any halfway victors walking through those gates. We're all going to be going through there like Rocky. I'm going to be dun, 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 dun. Some of you young people don't know that song. It was good. It was a good movie, too. You need to watch it sometime. We need God's strength, and we need to learn. We know that we are weak. What did Paul say? He said, he said, and, uh, he said we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we even despaired of life. He knew he had weaknesses and limitations. You and I have weaknesses and limitations. We cannot be as strong to overcome the enemy as we think we should be. We have to trust in God. Paul understood that he went through his afflictions. He went through his trouble. He said, brethren, don't be ignorant of our trouble. In other words, you learn from our mistakes. You learn from our afflictions. You learn from our troubles. We'll teach it to you. We'll show you because we were above strength. We couldn't get out of the problems ourselves. We needed God. We must have him. It shows, you know, that he learned the lesson about his own weaknesses and his own limitations. He was beyond strength. And we've got to understand and know we need God. We cannot live without him. We can't make it without him. Sometimes we think we're indestructible, but every now and again a circumstance or a situation will come along to teach you how short life is, how frail and fragile life is. Here today, and like a vapor, it's gone tomorrow. I'm telling you, some folks, especially you all over here, you think you're going to live forever. You think there's no end, but I'm telling you, we see over and over and over again in the ministry especially we see where we, I mean, you know, it's a sad thing. When I walk in every funeral home in this city, they're like, oh, hey, Ray. They know me well. I'm telling you, life is short. We got to take advantage of every minute. We got we to grab hold and embrace every hour and every gift that we have. We can't let a day go by. We can't let a night go by. We can't let the devil have an hour or two. We can't give him anymore. We've got to, we've got to hold on to the things that are precious and amazing in our lives that are gifts from the Lord. But sometimes 
those close calls will what? It will teach you lessons. It will teach you how frail life is and that we're not destructible or we're not, we're not indestructible. We're fragile. God allows us to go through some afflictions in order that we will remember that we are weak without him, that in him we're strong. You say, well, I, I realize I realize that. I, I realize that I have no strength. I need God's strength to overcome. Good. Praise God. Then number two. He said, yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. I need God's strength. And number two, I need to trust God wholly. It's another lesson that Paul learned. He learned not to trust in himself, but to trust in God. And I like the way he threw in there. He says, God who raises the dead. Paul was making it very clear, I can't do what he can do. He said, I need his strength. I was beyond strength. Brethren, don't be ignorant. Learn from our afflictions. I was beyond strength. I needed God. You need God. He said, and I also went through my own struggles and trials and tribulations because I needed to learn how to trust God. And we have to learn that. And Paul had to learn it. If Paul had to learn it, then surely we do. As a gifted speaker and a worldwide traveler and Paul anointed to be an apostle, he probably leaned a lot on his own gifts and talents. He probably leaned on his own understanding and he probably tried to figure things out like you and I sometimes do. We, we try to figure everything out. We want to get to an end or get to an answer. And we want God to even do things our way. We want you know, to be the ones that will show him how serious we are. And we want God to be the one that, that comes through for us. But we want him to come through so many times on our own agenda. We want to give him the list of how he's going to come through for us. It's time for us to learn to fully and completely surrender and trust to God. Let him work it out. Let him take hold of the situation. Give it wholly and completely to him and let him bring about. I've known many people who've tried to figure it out, tried to tell God how to do it, and it ended up didn't go that way. They got disillusioned. They throw in the towel. They quit. They give up. And God works it out for them. And they got to go back and repent because God's way was better than their way. God knows better than you know. Those that begin to walk with God have learned that the Holy Spirit is your guide, is your protector. He helps you to walk every day in faith. He'll teach you and guide you all along the way. He can be trusted. God is a trustworthy God. When I woke up this morning, the sun was right on time. When I go to bed tonight, that sun, it'll go down right on time. The moon shows up right when it's supposed to. He's got bigger fish to fry than you and me, and he does a pretty good job. He can control every situation. He can fix every circumstance. God is able to be God in your situation. Why are you cast down? Why are you, it was David who wrote that, says, why, oh soul, are you cast down? Why do we allow ourselves to get beat down to the ground? The liar is still the liar, the, the afflictor, the accuser, he does his job good, and we sit back and we wonder what in the world's going on. Well, he's a good devil, but he's a greater God, 
and he will bring you through. The faithful, the faithful, when you stand before the Lord, it won't be who was perfect. It'll be who was faithful. Don't give up. Don't lay down. Don't sit down. Don't throw in the towel and don't walk away from your faith. Stand tall and strong in him and watch him come through. He will come through. God is very trustworthy. I read that scripture this morning. I'll, read, I'll tell it to you again. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed out begging for bread. God will always provide. If he's got to rain manna down, he'll rain manna. If he's got to rain down money on a tree, he'll do what he's got to do. But understand this. God will oftentimes, he'll work it out in a way that brings you along as you learn from this affliction. God will change you. God will turn things around for you and make you the person you want to be. God doesn't just come down and give a lightning bolt over top of your head and just change your thinking like a puppet on a string. He works with you to change you and mold you, regenerate you, shape you into his perfect image. Remember, he's the potter. I'm the clay. He'll mar you at times. And when he does in that affliction, it's so that you will be made into something useful and beautiful for his kingdom. God don't want you to walk around if you'll forgive this little analogy. He doesn't want you to walk around like a redneck Christian. Some of you proud of that, and I'm not coming against that. He's saying he doesn't want you and I to be ignorant. He says, learn from the afflictions. Learn from the troubles. He says, I learned that when I was without strength, I learned that God is my strength. He said, when I was trying to figure things out and trying to rest in my own thoughts and thought I had it all figured out, I've learned to trust God. I had to learn to trust him. And then he says, the question would be raised to us tonight, if God is trustworthy, then it really comes back to another question we need to answer, and that is this. Okay, we understand God is trustworthy, but the greater question is this. Can God trust you? Can God trust you? God could trust Paul. Shipwrecked. Beaten 39 times. Thrown in prison. In it all, he had songs of praise in the midnight hour. He never let the enemy get an advantage. He never let the enemy lie to him. Never let the the circumstances around him... It didn't matter how deep in the dungeon he was. It didn't matter how cold and damp it was. It didn't matter how alone he was. It didn't matter that they called him a liar. It didn't matter that they had to escort him out of town before he was killed. It didn't matter that they had to hide him. It didn't matter that he went through one trouble after another. Paul was clear to point out over and over and over again, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's against me. I will be an overcomer. He was determined that he was going to absolutely see it through. Could God trust Paul? You better believe it. God could trust Paul to go through anything. Question is, Brother Brandenburg, can he trust us? If I look at you tonight and I say, Brian, can I trust you? You'd say, well, sure, man. I got character and integrity. I'm an honest man. Do a hard day's work. Yes, you can trust me. And that's good. We'd, we'd probably, every one of us would say, well, yeah, you can trust me. But it's a deeper question yet, Elaine. When the doctor walks out of the room and leaves you sitting there for a minute to think about it, 
It's another thing altogether when God looks at you and says, can I trust you? Can I trust you to go through this in order for me to untangle the mess the enemy has created? Can I trust you with this affliction? Paul said, please, Lord, take this away from me. Take away this thorn in the flesh from me. Nevertheless, I know thy grace is sufficient. Wow, Paul. I won't be like Paul. Knock me down, I'll get back up. Twist my arm and I'll just get untwisted. Hit me in the face and I'll turn the other cheek. Spit in my face and I'll wipe it off and keep going. I want to be like Paul. I want to answer the question. God, yes, you can trust me. Whew, that's a hard one. Gene, can he trust you when you lay your husband to rest a few months ago? He said, Gene, can I trust you? You'd have rather said, let me go first. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to go through this, Lord. But no, God looked down. He said, Gene, can I trust you? And you said, yes. Here you are at God's house. With your granddaughter right beside you. Yes, Lord, you can trust me. Can God trust you without you flaking out? Without you running for the hills? Without you bailing? Without you faltering and falling and giving up and quitting? Can God trust you? Answer the question. Can God trust you when you're under attack? Can he trust you when all hell is breaking loose in your life? Can God trust you when Satan decides his all-out invasion on you and your home, your kids? Can he trust you? When the bank says there's no more money and you just bounced a check, can God trust you? He's going to lead you through. He's going to lead you out. He's going to show you what to do. It may be a little jar of oil that he shows you in your hand, but he's going to lead you. When your boss makes you work double and you don't get paid for it, or worse, he lets you go, can God trust you? When the enemy says, it's over, it's done, you aren't what you think you are, Ministry's over. Can God trust you to go through that affliction, to learn? Can't count how many times I'm just being real tonight. Can't count how many times I went home and had to fight the attack of the enemy saying, you're done. Resign. Get out of that pulpit. Get out of that church. You, you're not leading nobody. How many times have I had to go through that? I've been many, many, two and three o'clock in the mornings, Jen, and I've resigned. I've been pictured in my mind before I'd come up here and just clean my desk out and write a note for Judy. Boy, the devil knows exactly what to say, what to do, terrorize us. You look up here sometimes and you think we don't go through nothing. You look over here, Richard, you think he don't go through nothing. 
You look over here, some of these prayer warriors, and you think they don't go through nothing. Let me tell you something. The enemy's no respecter of persons either. Many times what you see on the outside's not what's on the inside. And a lot of times I'm walking by faith. There are times I've walked in here on a Sunday, got in the pulpit, and I did it by faith. There have been times I've been discouraged, and I've been knocked sideways, and I've had to get up and rededicate myself to the task. And claim it by faith and stand in the strength of the Lord. And what I've found is that when I stand, when the enemy shoots his starts at me, when I stand, he always comes through for me. He always comes through. I've never one time ever testified that God failed me. In every circumstance, he has always come through for me. And he will come through for you. He'll do it. He'll do it in Jesus' name. Paul endured a lot of hardships and troubles in ministry. This was a serious trial. He says, we were thinking within ourselves we were going to die. He had a few choices. He could have cut and run. First wave of trouble, he could have skipped out. He could have said, forget this. But he kept running the race, and then he wrote about it. He said, I'm going to press towards the prize. Not going to go to the left or right. I'm going to keep my eyes like a runner, like a marathon runner. I'm going to keep running. And I'm not going to let I'm not going to let anything. He said, you did run well. What doth hinder you? Set aside the sins and the weights that easily beset you and run this race with patience and endure like a good soldier. Yes, the enemy's knocked you down. Yes, he slapped you across the face. Yes, he's lied at you and accused you falsely in front of others. Stand up and realize the enemy wants to you to feel that way. He wants you to run. He wants you to give in. But God's doing the work in you. He's going to change you, turn you upside down, and turn it all around. He's going to be a God of victory for you if you'll not quit. Paul said, no way. No matter what, listen to what he said in Acts chapter 20, verse 22. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prisons and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. He says, all I know is the Holy Spirit warns me every day when I get up, I'm going to have hardship. Every day I get up, I wake up, and I say, Lord, is it going to be better today? The Holy Spirit says, no, Paul. Today is going to be prison. Boy, they're going to arrest you. They'll probably beat you a few times. They're going to scar you up a little bit. Paul, are you ready? He says, I only know one thing. My life is not worth anything to me. All that matters to me is that I'm going to reach towards that prize. I'm going to finish this race, and I'll not stop until I cross the finish line. Boy, I want to be like Paul, don't you? I want to be like Paul. He didn't abandon his faith or his beliefs. He welcomed every trial because he knew there was going to be support. He knew there was going to be deliverance. He knew that no matter what, it didn't matter how deep in the dungeon they went, 
with him. He knew his God was going to come through. He didn't know how. He knew in his persecutions, in his afflictions, he knew it was just an opportunity for God to show himself powerful. And so he probably spent more time wondering, how are you going to do this? How are you going to get us out of this one, Lord? How in the world are you going to do it? I only know one thing. I know you're going to. So I'm going to hold on and finish the race. Because you see, his third thing was he learned that he needed to hope in God. That's where my favorite part of that whole scripture passage comes in. In verse 10, he says, Who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us and in whom we trust, uh, now we trust, that he will still deliver us. God's been there in the past. How many of you have had him deliver you in the past? Sometimes that's all you've got to look back on. You've got to look back and say, well, you know, he did it then. And if he did it then, I know he'll do it now. And if he does it now, I know he'll do it tomorrow. Because he's a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's a God of the past. He's a God of the present. He's a God of tomorrow. We're going to walk in that hope. So he, Paul had hope. No matter what kind of trouble, there was always going to be a way of escape. He probably, like I said, spent more time wondering, God, how are you going to do it? What creative way are you going to do it? Well, well we know several times, he, you know, he, all he had one time was the promise. The angel said, every man that stays with you, they're going to make it. Even though the, the ship was shipwrecked so badly that there was nothing left but splinters. But Paul looked at the situation and said, oh, well, then he's going to float me on a little two before all the way to the shore. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to deliver you. I don't know how your home is coming back together. I don't know how that job situation is going to work out. I don't know how that kid is going to come home. But I'm telling you, I know that I know that I know he's God. And he'll do it. He'll do it. He'll do it as sure as he's God. He's going to come through. Don't get discouraged. Don't lay down. Don't let the devil cover over the faith you've got in God. Stand up and shout the victory. It's coming to your house. Hallelujah. Paul learned through his hope in God. Number one, he learned, man, God, he delivers me in salvation. He delivered me from the penalty of sin. And he is going to deliver me from afflictions that I suffer in my life. And you have not yet. I haven't got a phone call or a visit or stopped me in the hall or the I'll hear, no one has come to me and shared with me anything that compares to what Paul went through. But boy, he had faith and confidence and hope and trust. And he knew where his strength lied. Amen? He learned from his affliction. And Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, sisterin. I don't want you to be ignorant of my burdens and my troubles, I want you to learn from them. And so we're learning tonight. Listen to this scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 17. But the Lord stood with me, this is his testimony, and strengthened me, there was strength, in order that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished. Trust. 
and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered, that I was delivered out of the lion's mouth, that the Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Hope. Hope. All of his lessons learned right there. Well, there's surely one more that we need to learn tonight, and that's it. This is it. He said in the last verse, he said, you also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. He lastly learned in his afflictions that sometimes you got to learn to ask for help. That we need support. We are the body of Christ. Sometimes the gossip mongers and the tale bearers, they give the body of Christ a bad name. They make things difficult and hard for us to share or want to reach out and tell folks about what we're going through. That's why I, I have to say this, although I don't want to, but I have to say it. You've got to find people that you can trust. But you need to find them nevertheless. Find those that will pray. Find those that you can trust, that are honest, that are sincere and dedicated to God. Find those who have learned in the affliction of trouble in their own lives. And when you find them, you trust them. Share your need with them. And reach out to them for help. Paul experienced problems and he needed help. Wasn't it Jesus himself who even set that example when in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked a couple of guys to go with him. He said, would you watch with me? Would you pray with me? I'm going to step over here just a minute, but boys, will you, will you watch and pray with me? Jesus set the example that we need others in our lives. And let me put an ex exhortation out there to the church. You know what tires me out as a pastor? Caleb, what tires me out is when I deal with people that have been hurt by people in the church that weren't trustworthy. I want to put an exhortation out to the church. If you aren't trustworthy, if you aren't dedicated to helping and supporting and reaching out and touching the lives of others and helping them, would you just keep your mouth shut? Would you just be quiet and sit there until you get saved? I wish you'd just kind of get out of the picture a little bit and just be real quiet. If, you, if all you want to do is sit and talk about what Jennifer's going through, if all you want to do is just jibber-jabber about what she, did you see what she said? Did you see what she wore? Did you see that yellow stripe in her hair? Oh, I can't believe that ungodliness. If you want to sit there and just jibber-jabber on her all your, would you do me a favor? Would you just be quiet? Would you just sit there and do nothing? Don't teach a class. Don't sing a song. Don't be on our teams. Don't give yourself to anything. We don't need that in this church. What we need is for you to sit there and be quiet until a message or a song or something touches you and you get repentance in your heart. I'm tired of the gossip folks and the tale bearers and the troublemakers and the division makers. I'm tired of those folks running good Holy Ghost filled people out the door and making them go somewhere else. I declare this is a holy place. 
This is a dedicated place, a sanctified place. This is a place where the help is there by God Almighty, and we have found him in our lives. I want people to come in here who are hurting. I want them to come in here who are broken. I want their stories may be bad. It may be terrible. They may have gone through it terrible. They may have done terrible things, but I want to put you on notice, gossip monger. They're welcome here. They're welcome here. This is a house of God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. They're welcome here. And if you don't like it, be quiet. I got to be anointed right now because I would never say that on a normal Sunday. I probably would. People need their church. They need the body of Christ. Paul said, I learned to trust others and their support and their prayers. There are some times you need a prayer of agreement. Jackie, don't we? Where's Jackie? Sometimes we just need a prayer of agreement, don't we? Because we just need one another. You just need to reach out and we just agree together. And Elaine, we need to agree together. We just need to reach out. And others have called me in this church or we've met here in the aisle and we've prayed and we've said, we're going to agree together for this need. We need one another. We need the support that comes from the body of Christ. Well, there are gifts that you have that might need exercised in my own situation and in my life. God may want to use you in hospitality or helps. He might want to use you in a word of knowledge or, or prayer ministry as an intercessor. He might why need you, but we can't do that when we're all closed up and isolated off in the corner because of all the hypocrites. Let me tell you, hypocrites align the, hell, the caverns of hell, but it does not mean that's any part of the real church. We've got to stand and be counted as one of those who are anointed and on fire for God. Giving him everything that we are so we can make a difference. I want to say, we, and we are, we are a good church. I really believe we've run a lot of the hypocrites off. I believe we have. I believe a lot of the liars, a lot of those division makers, they, they took off running. We're down to the nitty-gritty right now. <laughs> Is it all right if I ask us to be authentic and real so that the power can... Did you see how the power flows in this house? Did you see that this morning? He did it at 8.30. He did it at 10.45. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable the way the power of God fell. You'd think with all those people, all those people that I talk with, they're like, you've got to keep that service kind of sedated, you know. You've got to like water that down some so that you'll get all the community coming. You want the mayor to come and the city commissioner to come and the fire chief to come. You want these people to come. So we've got to come and water that down a little bit. That's got to be your friendly service right there. You know what I found? I found that they're just as hungry for the spirit of God and the power of God as anybody else. They need him as much as I do. They need deliverance. They need healing. They need power in their lives to bring deliverance to their loved ones. I haven't met too many highfalutin folks that didn't need Jesus. They all did it. So we learn from our afflictions. We learn. What do we learn? We learn first that we can't it's not in our own strength. We can't do it. We learn, secondly, that we can trust him completely. So we learn from our afflictions that we trust him. Thirdly, we learn. What do we learn? <laughs> we hope that we can hope in him, take care of the past, 
He'll take care of the present. He'll take care of the future. Our trust, our hope is in him. He can fix it. I said he can fix it. And lastly, we need one another. Stand with me. We need one another. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to just get out from where you are and come to the altar tonight. We're going to have a general altar call right here in the front. Hallelujah. Job chapter 36 of all people. Job now. Job. Alyssa, you, you, you set my sermon up tonight. Listen to what Job says. He delivers the poor in their affliction and opens the ears in oppression. He delivers the poor in their affliction and he opens the ears in oppression. Pressures, troubles, afflictions, troubles. God uses them in our lives. Can he trust you? Can he trust you? Well, we know he, we can trust him. We have no strength, he has all strength. We, we can't do anything to fix it, but we trust in him. We know he can. Our hope is in him, past, present, and future. We need one another. The question is, can God trust you to go through what you're going through? Can he trust you? Can he trust you? Can he trust you? He asked that question of every one of us tonight. Y'all, come on in real close. You've got some people down in the aisles there. Just come in as good as you can in the altar so that as many can get in the altar as possible. Can he trust you? You came up here a few years ago to minister, Sister Phyllis. You were a caregiver. Boy, you've sure been through it. And here you sit tonight. Can God trust you? Yeah. He trusted you. You helped take care of some good, good people. You're like a nurse for God. He took care of you. You took care of them. God can trust you. God can trust you, Sister Lily. You've been through some hardships and some troubles. But you know what? God, I look down at a woman God can trust. Sister Beulah, one very special lady to me. I love you so much. I've watched and as you've been in places and you've been around family and you've lost. But boy, I'll never forget walking into a funeral home one day. You've lost. But God looked down and says, I can trust her. You're trustworthy. God can trust you. God can trust you. Cameron and Whitney, God said, can I trust you? I'm going to uproot you. I'm going to move you. Whitney, I know it couldn't have been easy. Leaving everything you know, leaving all of that down there in Oklahoma. But God said, baby girl, can I trust you? And I'm looking tonight, and I'm like, see, yes, God can trust. Lisa, can he trust you? Yes. Over and over and over again. We worried sick about your little baby girl, didn't we? But look at her. I'm so proud of her, leading thousands in worship every Sunday. God looked down on little Lisa 
raising them by herself, struggling and trying. And God said, I can trust her. Holly, I'm going to take him. Can I trust you? I watched you stand by that casket just the other day. And I saw the strength of the Lord rise up in you. And here you are. You could have ran. You could have threw in the towel. You could have said, I give up. I quit. What's going on? But no, here you are. God could trust you. Over and over and over again, story after story after story. Can I trust you? Can I trust you? Can I trust you? How many would look up to him tonight and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You can trust me. Would you lift up your hands with me? Yes, Lord. You can trust me. Lester, can I trust you? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You can trust me. Lord, we come before you, and I thank you for these people. These folks, God, that I love, I've stood with them, and Lord, we've cried together, we've laughed together, we've, we've been through troubles and trials, and Lord, you've always been there. And I know you've asked a lot of them to trust you in some pretty serious situations. But God, they're coming through, they're standing tall, and they're going to make it through. Lord, there's some going through troubles and going through trials right now. It seems helpless. It seems like Paul's words, they lack the strength to even carry on. They seemingly see the sentence of death in their own heart. It seems like there's no way out. But Lord, they're asking, they're answering that question tonight. You look into their hearts tonight and ask them if you can trust them. And Lord, a resounding yes comes from their hearts. Oh, I pray in Jesus' name. You are trustworthy, God. You are our strength when we have no strength. You are the one who brings us out. You are our hope of tomorrow because we know you came through yesterday. You're going to come through today. And Lord, you're going to lead us into tomorrow. We trust you. And Lord, you can trust us. You can trust us. I cry out tonight. I say to the Lord, God, you can trust me. I want to know how many of you right now. I want you to lift up your hand and say, God, you can trust me. If you're saying you can trust me, God, now you better be ready. God, you can trust me. Sister Janet, he can trust you. He can trust you. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I pray for supernatural strength right now. When you have no strength, God is your strength. I pray that you will have trust. You will lean hard on him, not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. Let him direct your path. I pray for that trust tonight. I pray he'll be your hope when you don't see any hope, when you see no way out, when you don't see there's any hope in the situation. Trust God, lean on him, and let him be your hope. And lean on your friends on this body tonight. Would you lean over right now? Lay your hand on someone's shoulder very gently. Oh, you can trust me. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to trust God for your situation. I'm going to intercede for you tonight. I'm going to pray, Lord, for my brothers and my sisters in the name of Jesus. We trust you, God, and you can trust us. 
We're going to be authentic and real in every way. God, send revival fire. Send, Lord, your Holy Ghost just now. Send the power, Lord, to ignite a faith in your people to believe you for mighty and wonderful things. And, Lord, we'll learn through our affliction. We'll not be ignorant to it, God. We won't have to go through one lesson after another. But, Lord, we'll give ourselves to the lessons in our afflictions. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Oh, we thank you, God. We honor you, Lord, and we give you glory. We give you the honor, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus, in this house. Praise you, Lord, in this house. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Praise the Lord. Strength, hope, trust. One another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Melissa, can he trust you? He can trust you. How many right now will just testify and say, I already told him. He can trust me. Let me see your hand one more time. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Wow. Do you realize how much miracle power is in this house right here? I should almost set you free to just walk down Braille Boulevard and start laying hands on people, praying for them. The power of the Lord is here. Going to see a difference because we agree together. We need one another. We support one another. It's done. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. What was you showing me? Oh. Let me see those. You want to pray for them right here? Why don't, why don't you two come up and hold them right here? If you don't know what happened this last week, some of most of you do, that you can turn around and face everybody. That at 3 o'clock in the morning, Sister Mary was wondering where in the world the music was coming from. Three o'clock in the morning, where is that music coming from? And here, a young teenager had crashed into their home through a van in their basement, and he had his radio on in the van, and that's what woke him up. Destroyed the whole bottom part of their house especially in, a, in the, the very bed where their daughter would have been sleeping. She was not there. I saw the tires of the van in the bed with bricks all over the place where he, she would have been killed for sure. And here they are tonight. God brought them out. They had good attitude. God's going to take care of them. But they brought these shoes because that teenage boy when he hit that house, scared to death of what he might have done, he jumped out of that van and took off for the hills, running barefoot, left his shoes. Well, they're going to take him back to his house, but not before we have all prayed together for him. Amen? We're going to get the oil. And we're going to prove Paul right. 
Paul said, oh, much has been availed because of the support of my brothers and my sisters. So we're going to pray for this little boy. He scared him to death, no doubt. And he wasn't in his right mind. And we know what that does. How many have had young people that have gotten into stuff they ought not to be into? This young man didn't realize that when he hit their house, he hit the house of some folks that are going to love him, forgive him, and going to pray over his shoes. And we're going to pray over them and anoint them right now in the name of Jesus. I want you to come in as close as you can. We're going to anoint both of these shoes. Would you stretch your hands towards these shoes? Some of you, come on up here and touch them. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray over these shoes. And we ask you, Lord, to touch this young man. Lord, we pray over him in the name of Jesus. Lord, as he wears these things and puts them on, may the prayers of the saints go with him. May he feel the protection and the love of God. May he feel a message coming straight from heaven's throne. Lord, may this affect much in the kingdom through much affliction in his own life. May he learn and may he see, God, your power in great measure. I pray this in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the enemy in his life. I come against the liar, the one that cheats him out of life and life more abundant. I ask you, Lord, to bring peace to his heart. Touch him with joy and salvation. I pray this in the name of Jesus. We pray over these shoes. We pray that as he wears them, Lord, he'll see and know you for his Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, and we thank you for it, God. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Praise God. Praise God. That's Paul's last point, his last lesson in affliction played out beautifully. We didn't even plan that, did we? God is so cool that way. Don't you think God's cool? <laughs> I'm probably the only pastor in the whole history of this church that's ever said, isn't God cool? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it probably is. Who's coming tonight? Who's my... Cameron, won't you come dismiss us? was doing so good I was just lost in what he was saying and doing praise the Lord can we just reach over and maybe connect with a person to the right and to the left of you want to remind you really fast about this weekend continue to remind you and the class Wednesday it's an awesome time and uh, we're a church family amen Mother's Day this coming Mother's Day bring your mama to the house of God Mother's Day it's gonna be a special service we have one of my favorite mamas in the whole church. Everybody calls her mamaw, but Audrey Purdom's gonna be our guest speaker for Mother's Day. Isn't that gonna be great? So we're excited. Amen, excited about that. Can we pray? Can we pray today? Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for the people of God that are here. And thank you, Lord, that we didn't come to church, God. When we come, Lord, we came into the house of the Lord and we came to worship, we came to seek you. I pray what, the, what you've given the pastor and what you've spoken to him and through him tonight, God, it might be involved in every aspect of who we are and how we live this week. God, guard our mouths, guard our hearts, our minds. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Take us from this place safe. And Lord, if you return even on this night, God, let us be ready. Let us be ready in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. We love you very much.